Thanks for having me. I need a live pianist to just play sound effects on his board. That's what I need. Y'all seen in my basement, our technology was failing um, for whatever reason. And we were are, uh, having uh, technology fights. So uh, welcome to the basement layer of the Panda where I work out. Um, what you're about to see is shocking. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah, she's from Whitelish, 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 Whitefish, Whitefish Lake Reserve Band number 128 in Treaty 6 territory. Hope I said that right. So she's a wife mm -hmm. of 19 years, like I said, a mom of four. And going back to her roots as a farm girl who hunted, hauled wood and meat, she used the sport of strongman to conquer her postpartum depression. So talk to us, Ange. How did you get into strongman? What happened? Let's let's go back to the very beginning. I know that you had told me that um, you know being a mom is hard as f, which it is. I understand postpartum depression because I went through some of that myself. So I know that's kind of where it started. So let's take it back. Let's go to the start. <clears throat> well. It all started with my first baby, but um, I thought it would be only one baby, but little did I know I popped out three right after. <laughs> so that was really hard on me because um, yeah. I, got, I got pregnant right away. I didn't, yeah. So I didn't know how to, um, I didn't know how, how to handle those emotions, the, everything that came along with it baby after baby after baby it was so hard so um I was always um I was always into sports in high school I was always playing some kind of sport I was always a, a very good athlete so I knew that always over helped me overcome everything I was going through in my life at that time it kept me busy it kept me grounded so I kind of used that when I had kids after I started getting through not feeling healthy in my own ways and, you know, just feeling that postpartum coming on, but little did I know it was postpartum depression back yeah. then. I didn't know anything about postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I just knew I was feeling something that I couldn't control at that time. In my mind, I couldn't yeah. think I could control. So, um, I, I remember being in my bedroom. I remember laying down, not being able to get up while my kids played around. You know, it hit me where I was bedridden most days. Wow. Couldn't, yeah. Yeah. It, it was pretty, it was awful. And I knew I needed to do something. I needed to get up and do something because I knew these feelings weren't right, you know? So yeah, I started, I started walking. You know, I would, mm -hmm. I, the only thing I had to my name that I could use was a stroller because I grew up poor, you know, we were yeah, poor yeah. Raising, raising three children, yeah. three small babies. Yep. We didn't have, um, at that time, we didn't even have a vehicle, you know, we had to work our way up. And so I remember packing up my babies and just walking. If, if it was a nice day, I would walk more and more and more and more so I started getting better in myself so springtime came around and I uh I found a tractor tire and um I hauled it to our school I just that we lived I just lived down the road from a school and I hauled it to a school and I freaking loaded it off and I just started flipping that tractor tire <laughs> I just sat my babies in a car seat and I flipped and I flipped and I flipped and I flipped. I'm Hello? Still, I'm still oh, here. Don't there? worry. I turned oh. off the video because y'all, she out in the booties. And the internet's like, listen, you can only have one thing. So I think the most important thing is to have her voice. Yeah. So <laughs> I relate a lot about the postpartum depression um, in a lot of different ways. For me, um, I grew up poor as well. You know, um, a lot of people want my story. I try not to share too often because um, it is private, but it does, it does shape who you are. And when you don't have like a healthy, strong community of family and friends around you when you're a mom, new mom, and you don't have a ton of income to go to mommy programs, you're just exhausted because you're doing everything at home by yourself 24 seven. Like you don't have family or friends or cousins or people to come over or aunts and uncles, like it's, it's bloody exhausting. So even if the programs are free, 
you're just tired. Like when I had my first son, I was just beyond exhausted. And I started doing what you were doing with like, cause I had a stroller, but I lived in the hood at the time and it was really dangerous. No, I'm serious. Like I, I, I could tell you horror stories. I was really scared more than once. I had guys who tried to stop me thinking I was a street worker with my baby and I had to yeah. somehow get home. And I think that happened two or three times and that was like enough for me. So then I got a subsidized membership at the pool by my house and I would walk there and it was kind of kind of like a ghetto pool. So it wasn't like I was the only mommy in there and people would be like, oh, your baby's going to drown. And like, it wasn't a super positive environment, but they started baby aquafit classes, started doing that. And that was huge. And that was just for me not to lose my mind, just to get out, try to get moving, get healthy. But, um, you know, I started training actually Highland games and it was something I wanted to do way before, before I had kids. And I started doing that. And then I found out actually it was an indigenous woman named Strong Heart of Muriel. Muriel is her first name. Strong Heart is her Instagram name. And uh, I saw some photos of her and then Susanna, who's a personal trainer, strong man. She's also from Canada. She's uh, thigh and uh, Thai. And I saw their photos and I can't remember. It's been too long now, but that's kind of what got me into it. And it really did save my life because uh, it transformed it in a 360 way. So I understand 100%. And I don't think that people understand. Um, we talked about before on the show, postpartum depression and why that is so common now is because women are completely caught off when, from what's normal and natural in nature and tribal communal living. It is not natural and normal for a woman to have a child, her child chapter her 24 seven. It's just mm -hmm. nature. And I think women have that then the pressure to work on top if you want it great but it is hard and it's hard. So, and yes. it's stigmatized and it's stigmatized like nurses and people in the hospital still i don't think deal with it well like they'll ask you things like oh do you have anxiety what's your genetics does it run in your family that has nothing to do with it if you have none of those things and you do not have a community support system you're still going to struggle so yeah for me, it was just, it was like, that's all there was for me. I felt like way too tired at the end of the day, working from home to just go and dance the bar with people who I didn't really care about, who weren't moms, who weren't in the same boat as me. Cause you want to talk about mom related things. Right. So I'm like, yeah. well, if I want to let out my stress, if I can't talk about how I feel, I might as well, I got to let it go somehow. Right. And that right. was, you know, so anyways, I can 1000% relate to what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, um, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life. Actually, it was, it was my lowest point, And it was my highest point, because it was what made me who I am today. You know, I, I think back, and I just realized, like, man, that that made me really strong in my when I was really weak, you know, when I had, I really had nobody, really yep. nobody but my children. And I had no one to turn to other than my husband. But at the same time, my husband, he didn't really know too, right? What was really going on because he worked in camp. So he was gone all the time too. But like I said, he had to, he was our provider at the time. You know, I was a stay at home mom. My babies were small and yep. yeah, it was, it was really, really hard. But I, um, I remember just praying every day, every day and, Every day got better and better and better and better and better. You know, it's so crazy. My babies grew. Yep. It was, it was a struggle. <laughs> yeah. I, I still struggle, you know, it's, uh, cause it's not like I had to pull myself out of poverty. I had to pull myself, um, yeah. recover physically from, you know, making the babies and what it, how it changed my body. Um, and then just all the parenting skills I had to unlearn that I learned from childhood that were unhealthy and then learn all the positive stuff on top of that. Um, and then, like I said, work from home because, uh, you know, daycare was an option for us at the time. So mm -hmm. it was because it, I had to redo my resume. I had, I'd been self-employed for a long time and I had um, bad business partnerships and just my business at the time just closed down. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to start from scratch. And that's, that's painful, man. That's hard to do. We have to like shed like an eagle, shed every fucking feather to relaunch yourself. And that's what I had to do. And it was like an all or nothing type of deal. And um, I cried a lot, you know, dance definitely gets me through a lot of things. But um, I remember when I've had my first son, uh, my midwife happened to be a pastor's wife. And I called her in my house and I was like, I literally was not suicidal, but I just, I literally believed I couldn't do it. And I had nothing left to give. Breastfeeding is exhausting. 
Like I had both kids because for my mental and physical health to recover, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I did it for as long as I could. And that was that, um, wanted to, I wanted to be the skinny white magazine mom who capable of all that, you know, cool shit and perfect selfies and summer dresses. Yeah. It just happened. (laughs) So, but anyways, um, I prayed with her too. And I, and she, that, that changed my life. And I'll never forget that. She said, she cried. She got on her hands and knees and held my hands and prayed with me. And she was bawling. And she's like, you can do this. I believe you can do this. And she knew that I had like zero faith in myself. And I'll never forget that. It was beautiful. So I believe God is taking me through every single moment to use that pain to help others. And I feel like that's what you're trying to do with um, like your community. We talked about that before is you mm-hmm. want to inspire, you know, teen girls and your daughter obviously starting to live too. And you want to show your community that you can get out. And that's how I feel about my community being, you know, a foster care kid, being a, from a single mom and all this, like, you know, being from the hood, I feel like, you know, I have to show that you can, um, you don't have to fit that cookie cutter. You don't have to come from money. You don't have to have a bank loan. You don't have to have all of these things to get through. It may take you longer than other people, but you've just got to find the supports where you can make the moves for yourself, but it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to get up and walk without somebody kind of high five me cheering you. Right. Which is how I feel for you. Like you said, you had to drive really far to the gym to start training. So like I said, you, you both part of depression, you started lifting the tire. Then what happened next? Well, I, um, I entered my first strongman competition in 2018 and I ended up winning in, uh, um gee I can't remember where it was I uh Winterfest <laughs> Manitoba let me let me pull that up pull, pull up your history home <laughs> Manitoba yes we went to Manitoba Winterfest 2018 and I entered my first strongman <laughs> tournament tur- game competition I went in not knowing what I was doing of course yeah and I thought okay well I'm gonna watch them I'm gonna see how they go (laughs) I know I was gonna get called up right away and I ended up I ended up placing second my first go and oh I just fell in love with the sport I just knew as soon as I picked up those weights it was so me it was just it was like um it was like a breakthrough in my life (laughs) oh I, I was like, oh my God, I found my calling. This is my calling. <laughs> well, little did I know that freaking calling would take about five more years to go until I actually got into like freaking lifting at um, at a competitive level that I am in, am in now. It took me yeah. five years to find somebody to even help me, you know, to, to get yeah. my foot in the door. Actually, no, not five years, four years. But still, that's a long time. Yeah. I, searched, I searched high and low to find people. And I remember praying about it. I remember saying, God, man, like this is this is going on for going on almost five years. I I'm ready to throw in a towel. Like I can't find nobody to help me. I don't know anybody around here. I searched high and low. I've been to Edmonton gyms. I've been to gym yeah. in St. Albert. I can't, you know, I'm I'm done. Well, little did I know, I showed up at the gym the next day and lo and behold, I met um, my cousin Colton Sloan, who is now... Colton, shout out! (laughs) Yes, he now has his pro card. He's the first Indigenous pro athlete for for heavyweight men. And I'm, I'm so honored to be with him every step of the way, you know, like we we thrive on each other and we help each other out and little did we know we're cousins <laughs> from the That's same crazy. <laughs> right there from another mother you know <laughs> um I also got to meet that same day that same day I met uh, my buddy Alyssa Anderson who taught me every single thing I know about strongman she really encouraged me she helped me get my foot in a door and I never looked back it was just like, um, like it was meant to be, like it was destined. So now I work hard in strongman. I put my whole everything into strongman. There's days where I neglect my children 
because I yeah. train so hard. But they know, they know everything I go through. They know that mommy has to do this and, you know, they support me and it, it feels good having that support from them. You know, I want to touch you one second because I feel like that's a comment that I feel like we all say to ourselves, like I say that, and you know why I disagree? Because like I've had many debates with older women about this and I'm like, yeah, okay. So let's just say in the 40s, 50s, you're home with your kids, whatever. Women are still working at that time. But let's just say mm -hmm. you're mom i'm like a lot of these moms drank a lot they smoked they did a lot of things to deal with the unhappiness that they were feeling so is that really healthy and you know um my mom because she was a single mom she was gone like like all the time and when i was really little she did stuff with us but you know she was not present um i would say actively from ages five and up so, you know, really, I think that's parented. You can't be with your kids 24 seven, but I think that you're a better, healthier parent when you like, if you're like, I could spend another hour doing crafts them, or I can spend an hour working out and I'll be a happy, healthier, fitter mom. Well, yeah, no, I, I, you know, there's only one of you. Like I would love to do, like I said, be the Martha Stewart of moms and Pinterest mom. And I, you know, I'm constantly looking for things for my kids to do and trying to entertain them. But, you know, once again, you're human, you're not a, a robot, you're not a battery with unlimited energy. So I think that it's not neglect when you're spending time to take care of yourself. Like I had to neglect my relationship. Um, that was really hard. That was in the early honeymoon days with my spouse, um, because I had to go back to school. And I have to write all my mm -hmm. education online. I think I, I can't remember if it's 38 or 48 courses I took online um, in four years, which is a lot. And wow. Um, I started working. Yeah. When both my babies were three months old, I started this podcast when my second son was three months old. So, you know, I had to recover and it hurt, man. And it probably always hurt because like I said, I wish I could have been there 24 seven, but I've given my kids a better life. I'm a better mom. I'm a healthier person. I'm not the person I was five years ago. So I don't think it's neglect because if I didn't do those things, I don't, I wouldn't be better mom. That's for sure. So I don't, yeah. my point is you can't be 100. You can't be perfect mom. So as no. long as you're using that time to do things that are healthy for your family, then, you know, right. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like if I compare it to <clears> some people, <throat> my grandparents and mom did around me, I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm that bad, you know? So. Well, in right. my, fa in my family, if mom's not healthy, then our home is not healthy. Exactly. <laughs> so they need, they need me to be on my shit. Yep. So that's, that's yep. how I, that's how I release. Like I said, I still, I suffer from postpartum depression and I still suffer from postpartum depression. Yep. My baby is eight years old. My yep. oldest is 16. I yep. still go through that. Like, I, I don't know if it ever goes away. I honestly don't know. Um, maybe it will when my kids are all grown up. Who knows? I don't know. But um, yeah. I need me to be myself and I need me to feel good and healthy. And when I'm, when I'm in that gym training, I feel the best, you know, I come home, yeah. I leave everything at the gym and I come yeah. home a new person. Recharge. And when, yes. And when I train, it's not all year round. I only train maybe four months, maybe even three months out of a year depending on what I do. Like I said, it's COVID. We don't have, um, what a way to join a sport during the pandemic. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, at least I can say 20, 2019 and 2021, I joined, I took up this hobby of strongman and I did really good in it. <laughs> I, I don't know how because all the gyms were closed and I guess I'm just naturally strong and I just got to be shown direction and... Yeah, so when, when you sent me your info, I just want to talk about some things you said in there and the pictures, you guys, um, they inspired, they, I knew in that moment I wanted to sponsor Ange, but I didn't know what would be the right time. Um, because we try to reserve that for pros, but I did a lot of research and I was like, listen, with all my heart and passion and soul, I want to support the indigenous community. And once I talked to you and got to know you, then it was like solidified. But when I read your info, especially when you sent me the picture of you in a in an indigenous themed dress with the barbell over your head, I was like, that's just fucking amazing. Like that is literally an encapsulation of 
um, being a warrior and changing your community and your community. Like how often do you see pictures like that? Like to me, that's like poster worthy, calendar worthy, like newsworthy. And I saw that and I was like, holy crap. And just like I said, your story about like the postpartum depression. And I thought it was really cool that you were doing all of these things that I aspire to do with my family because my family are farmers and squats. My mom's side squish. They used to do the stuff, you know, like hunting. So I want to teach my boys as they get older um, to hunt and live off the land and all those things that are very true to you. And I think, you know, I think a lot of indigenous people, I don't want to speak for community, but I think, you know, because I have a lot of indigenous friends, I think that, um, and I'm trying to be respectful terms because everyone likes, you know, that to be said a certain way. Um, but, you know, it's like having realistic role models. So you're living off the land, you're living off the land, right? Like you're hunting, um, you're doing strongman, you're a really great mom, you're contributing to society, you're giving back by like feeding the homeless, doing things like that. And I think that a lot of women think that's impossible. So I wanted to talk to you about like your community and how you want to change things you want to do, some of your goals, and um, maybe some, like I said, from the perspective of being um, inspirational and, you know, things that you'd like to say to young women who, you know, want more for their lives, but feel like they're surrounded by a lot of disparity, which like you and I've talked about in other conversations, because obviously it's possible, you know, and it's just about representation and seeing that. So I think I guess what I want to know is tell us about how you, you did self-train yourself, right? So oh, how did yeah. you self-training? Because all of this change that happened in your life didn't come in a one flash night. It was little bits of habits and things that you changed to get there. So can you break it down for listeners in your community who, you know, want to be Angie who, just like Angie who, we need to write a song for you. <laughs> We should. A lot of owl in it. I don't know if I would be allowed to sing it. <laughs> I'll sing it. I'll bring it you know. <laughs> well, my my biggest goal for me um, at that time, I set for myself when I was going through my depression. Um, I remember telling myself, if I ever make it out and get to uh, experience things and compete at the uh, level that I wanted to be see I always had it in my heart I always knew I was going to compete in something I just didn't know I was always into sports trying to figure out what I was good at and I I always knew I was going to be somewhere with something if that's weird I don't know but I always seen myself on some kind of platform somewhere it's just a dream I had when I was just a little kid so when I, I, when I remember walking around this track with my babies, I, the one thing I told myself was, I, I want to be that role model for our, our Indigenous youth, you know, our young adults, because yeah. we go through so much in our reserve, in our communities. We see so much alcohol. We see so much drugs. We see yeah. so many lives that are torn apart from trauma, you know, and it's so hard not to get caught up in that lifestyle and to um, live like that because it's everywhere, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's awful. And now it's even more worse with our drugs. Our drugs are taking over. It's not just weed anymore. It's meth, it's crack, it's pimp, it's heroin. Yeah. You know, it's, it's freaking ugly and it ruins so many homes and so many lives. And, um, so for me right now, why I do what I do is because I want to help our younger women. I want to help bring in programs with um, mental health. You know, we need um, a big support in our mental health. We need support in our addictions. We need support in even our homes. You know, there's some families in our homes that don't even know how to clean a home, don't even know how to cook supper for yeah, their kids. Yeah, there's life skills, I mean, right? I, I, Yes, I, I hate to say that. I know, yeah. like, I know there is life skills offered. And that to me, it's just not the life skills that I would put out there. My life skills would be okay. You need, I need to show you how to clean a home. I need to show you how to peel potatoes, how to cook for your kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I look at, I look at these younger generations that freaking cook fries and chicken nuggets for their kids don't get me wrong fries fries and chicken nuggets are not are are okay but 
it's not an everyday meal, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that's our reality. A lot of people don't know how to cook. A lot of people don't know how to clean. A lot of people don't even know how to drive. A lot of people don't know how to get certain things like a bank account. You know, like it's, that's I can our tell reality. You right now, if it was not for my mom teaching me how to cook and bake when I was really little. Um, and if I didn't have like home ec in high school, and if I didn't have mentors step into my life in my early 20s, I would not be here. I would guarantee probably be working the streets or be dead because um, I had such an uphill battle of climbing the social skills. The other thing is too, is like when you're surrounded by trauma, I don't want to spend the time because it just takes too much time to explain all the scientific research on this stuff. But um, you know, it affects your brain development, right? And so I had a lot oh, of learning yeah. abilities growing up. I still do, but I've got them under control without shame in the sense of, I know my strengths and weaknesses. I'm honest about them. I'm transparent, no shame, because that's a big word. You know, you have to be willing to forgive yourself and everybody around you to move forward. You have to. You cannot move forward unless you're willing to forgive everybody, give them grace, give yourself grace, and be uh, not have survivor's guilt, right? Like, you are like, I, that's what screwed me the most in my twenties was my own self-sabotage because of imposter syndrome, but also always feeling like I had to take everyone with me and you can't, you know, and my point is if there's any positive thing that you can grab on into your community, grab onto it, do it, your life will grow. You can always change and pivot and transform from there to something else, but just anything that creates positivity in your life, do that. But like, you know, a lot of the group homes and hotels, motels I grew up in were just like really awful. And um, how do I say this? It's like, it's oh, such, no, I agree. It's, it's I, so, I get it. I totally yeah. Get it. Like it's, I, you know, I grew around all everyone I grew up around was indigenous. I didn't have any Caucasian people around me. And so I can get it because I lived it. Right. And it's such an uphill battle to climb. But my point is, is the biggest thing that changed my life was you can't have shame. You can't. No. And you can't, because no. the thing is, then you're victim. And I'm not downplaying the hurt because you can cry, you can get mad, but just make positive steps. Don't shove that trauma down because you're going to end up crashing and burning. You won't, you won't be able to maintain the success. And that's what I struggle with too in my mid twenties. You won't be able to mm -hmm. succeed because you're, you're feeling like um, you got to be two different people, right? Like hide your past. I'm not saying hide your past. I'm not saying hate everybody from your community or let them go. I'm just saying is like, seek, look, find, um, and, and do whatever you can to gravitate. But yeah, like, you're right. Like it's, it's a lot of life skills to learn. It's a lot all at once. And when you strip a culture from all of those things, it's not going to happen overnight, right? Like it takes generations to heal generational trauma, right? Like my mom's yeah, well, my grandma, I'm doing better than her. My sons are hopefully going to be better than me. It's not, it's not overnight, you know? So my point is stop well, hating that's, yourself, that's you know? Yes, that well, that's why I'm working hard now so my kids can have a better life for them. You know, if it's not for me, at least it's for yeah. them. I'm um, like you said, trauma, like we suffered from trauma. Oh my God, we don't even want to get into that. It's it's horrible. Yeah. You know, we've been through so much. Yeah. And I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna put the blame because of our addictions and all this other stuff. That's another story. But I just I wanna change that. I wanna yeah. I wanna show people, you know, if I could do it, so can you. I've been down that road too, you know? Like we can all come together. It takes a community to grow. It does. You know? And that's it what does. I'm to say. It's, it's not just one one person it takes us yep. all and me yep. getting out there and doing what I can and what I'm good at I, I want to show that to other people because I, I always say we're always blessed with some kind of strength oh yeah within and and if we don't share that and spread that then you know that's just a waste of a talent that's a waste of who we are let me tell and you something. I don't ever want to live with what ifs I yeah. don't I don't so that's, that's what, from the beginning, I'm not going to have a what if life. I'm just going to do it. Yes. Yes. I'm going to do it. My face, the stupid, you guys like her bandwidth is so low that Zoom was like, we should turn off your video so you can maintain. I was like, okay. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, like, this is what I'm trying to say is creator has given every single person a gift. And like I said, yeah. 
we have to go through, and I'll say this till the day I die, if there's a will, there's a way. You may have to go yes. through a side door, front door, back door. You may have to do a crawling, rolling. When I had to learn how to walk again twice in my life, I was crawling on the damn floor. And that ain't a pants. But you know what? Eventually, <laughs> I wasn't crawling anymore. So my point is, is like, when I was younger, I struggled with suicide and depression from the time I was, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing, I would say probably six. Um, and there was things that I don't want to disclose that I was exposed to very young. Um, that I can't mm -hmm. remember, but my body remembers, you know, um, yep. and behavior patterns and things. So mm -hmm. I had so less, such so low self-worth, like most of my life. And, um, you know, I used to say to God, like, if you gave me all these gifts, like, why am I not succeeding? Cause then it's just torture. But the thing is you got to smack yourself out of that because if you're alive, there's a purpose. Don't wait for yep. permission don't wait for everything to get good or better, or the right timing, because it will never happen. You have to demand mm -hmm. your life. You have to say, I'm fucking worth it. My family right. is worth it. You have to do, like, for your community, it's like, do right by your ancestors, right? They're not right. here anymore. The kids that were lost in the schools, they're not here to fight for themselves anymore. But you're here, and you're fighting for mm -hmm. your community and your kids. And that's how I feel, yep. too. I can't change the foster care system. Nope. Let me tell you, I have tried. Okay. I've done a lot of initiatives over the years, but the thing is, is the, the corrupt will always be there, but you can always be a warrior. You can always be a saint, a light. And then like, right, like a light at the end of the rainbow, you can always do something positive and success is success. If you are doing something positive for your life, you are successful. You don't need to be the world champion in this. You don't need to have a hundred thousand dollars, right? If you are right. living a life that you can respect, that you can sleep in the night and you're doing good things for yourself and other people, then you're successful. And another right. thing I want to say is success isn't always positive and happy and you'll have down moments. Even with this podcast, like the learning curve, huge, the peril learning curve, huge. But it's like, you know, it's like when something feels right in your soul, like say juice of the positive, it'll come together. So, you know, um, I think what holds a lot of people back when we're coming from hardship is feeling like, you know, you have to be perfect or have that Instagram perfect story or never fuck up again or never have, you know, any I could tell you they're always an addict, right? So it's like, it's okay. It's okay to have that trauma, right? It's a slow release. Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm trying to say? Just, just keep rolling forward, you know? I say rolling because I'm a panda, you know? <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, I agree, I agree. I totally agree with you that freaking rights, freaking A. Freaking A. It. Freaking A. <laughs> I feel like that should be on a t-shirt. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> so much merch. Like I'm so excited. Hunrad and me has always wanted to say these things, but because I'm so white, like I'm vanilla white. You guys seen the be in this video, I'm like a ghost, okay? And like that's the thing. That's with like brown concealer on. I'm still fucking white. But like the so hunrad and me dying, you know. To be free. So let's make that merch. Let's let it out. Um, but obviously, I'm wondering if when you were facing all of this stuff and you were growing, you're flipping the tires, you're starting at that because you could have quit at any time and not even turned it into a strongman thing or, you know, pursued that clogs were ticking in your head, right? So were there moments where you reflected back on your past or childhood community? And um, if you did, how did that affect your training? How did that tell me, tell me about the emotional experience and transformation of it. Every freaking strongman show is emotional. Every single one, every single one I did, I did not, <coughs> I always cried at the end. Every single one, even I didn't cry in front of everybody, but I, I would go into my truck and I would really have like an emotional, emotional breakdown. Yeah. Because I, I can't believe I am where I am today. You know, I can't believe that I made it to where I want to be in my life. Like I never thought it would ever, I would ever get that far. I'm always waiting for something to happen that's negative. Always. I don't know why, but I, I just am. And I, I really got to move past that. I got to break that barrier of feeling like that negative about myself because, you know, I need to, I, my spirit needs to grow. I need to, 
this is it. This is what I worked hard for. I need to keep pushing for myself. And yeah, I feel it every single time. And every time I flip my tire, I have about four or five tires in my yard, in my backyard. Tires. When you come over here, bring a tire with you. That's a new requirement. You come to my house, you better bring something to lift or flip or whatever, you know? People give me tires all the time. And I can't say no, you know, like You're pretty lucky because oh you try to buy them out here and people are like that'll be a hundred to five hundred dollars. I'm like, for a tire, bro, it's got rest on it. You don't even need it anymore. Like, that's the best I can do. <laughs> well, I think that's a good thing about native people. They're always so supportive. They're always so um a lot. There's a lot of people who want you to succeed, and there's a lot yeah. of people that don't. And when you can find those people, you hold on yeah. to those people because those people are going to push you. They're going to push you and they're going to support you every single way. And those yeah. are the people that you're going to, that are always going to be there for you. Those are the people that are going to help you in fundraisers that are going to help you get yep. there. When you need to get there, you know, and it, if they, they're always the same people. <laughs> And you know what? You know, just, and I don't need a lot of people. And like I said, if it's just one or two people, frick yeah, I'll take that. You know, like there's so many older. I have our elders. I work with a few of them, and they're like, "Angie, you're gonna make it. You're the strongest woman I know." You know, like Indian women have are are they're so powerful. They're so strong, and they don't show. You know, they're so hidden, and they don't take advantage of what they have in front of them. And you did, and really I could just say I really had nothing other than my stroller and a tractor tire when I first started I didn't have no fancy gym pass I had nothing like I said I was poor I couldn't afford those things you know dude I'm telling you I understand I was in it's it's very it's very emotional for me um when it when I do my um my meets it's very emotional I go in strong and I come out like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel you just trying to look all tough, but you're just a gummy bear on the inside. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. It, it makes it even more exciting that I actually podium. Like I never thought I would podium that fast. <laughs> you know what? I think the thing is though, is that you went about it the right way. You just did. Yeah. You just did what you had to do. And I had yeah. You had a healthy balance between training and your personal home life. And you didn't give, I'm not saying not to set goals and specific goals, but you can't beat yourself up. Like this no. winter where I'm at physically now, like the fact that I can push my, you know, 35 pound baby in a sled stroller up and down the hills while my son's tobogganing, I couldn't physically do that. I could barely walk down a hill last winter because of the C-section really kind of fucked me up. So for yeah. me, that's a huge win. I'm up and down my stairs, cleaning my house. I don't sweat. I don't break a, I don't get out of breath with my asthma. So for me, I'm way fitter than I was, um, last year, you know, I'm 70 pounds lighter. So I'm like, cool. You know, um, I'm lifting barbells, I'm lifting weights and I'm dancing. So for me, that right there is significant in terms of physical rehabilitation. So it's like, yeah, I don't care when it happens. It happens. Um, yeah. but say what you're talking about, about, um, feel like something bad's going to happen. So what, what I was going to say is when you come from absolute darkness and you step into light, it's going to feel really weird. Cause if you look behind you, you see darkness. So it doesn't feel like it makes logical sense, right? It doesn't, it's easy mm-hmm. to, when you're surrounded by say a successful family, like that's why they say scientifically kids who grow up with round money are more successful. Even if their parents never give them money, it's because it's uh, your body's in a hypnotic state from the time you are a baby till the time you're six ish years old. So yeah. you're, you're, if there's things that you absorb and it, you know, it's, it's, it's like the tapes in your head, right? So right. it becomes kind of the flesh self. So I think the key word you said, which was really important was your spirit. Everyone has a spirit being, we're all spiritual, even if we don't know it and don't tap into spirit is all around us. Right. Um, and so it's like being your carnal flesh self is thinking kind of like an animal and being like, Oh God, I gotta be afraid. Oh, I gotta run away. Oh, it's too hard. And you, and it's, you have, your brain has to be your human brain and your spirit even your brain's like, I don't know, man, your heart's like, I really want your brain's like, I don't know. That's when your spirit has to carry over and it's your why, right? So your why is you need to have, everyone needs to have a why. Your why is what will get you through and get you going. So your why is a better life for your kids, a better life for your community. 
And that's why you're like, oh, already? I'm like, you put a good amount of time in. Like to me, it's perfect timing and it's what makes sense for the length of time you've been training. If you're not going balls to wall the time, it's going to take like longer to reach there. But I think it's, you've reached in a very, um, what's the word I'm going to say? Like not a common, like a, like a very reasonable amount of time. Like it's, it's on par for what, what you explained. So it's like, you have to be willing to feel uncomfortable and be the only one in the room. And yes. like, you have, like, you have to, you have to feel okay with being alone to go for yes. talk to any super rich, successful person. They're saying the more successful you are, the lonely you are. And that's because you're willing to do things that, you know, people are willing to make excuses for. So I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not, no, it's not, I had many late nights crying and praying with my mom on the back deck of my ghetto apartment. The place that we were living, people tried to break into it. I didn't sleep at night because I was afraid if I fell asleep, something might break in and hurt my baby. Um, yeah. I, would I had stay, nights like that. Yep. I've been, stay, I've been through that too. Yep. Yeah. I would stay up late and then I'd work, do my schoolwork and I'd go to the gym and I'd come back and I'd stay up probably, I would say till one or two in the morning until I just couldn't physically stay up anymore. And my, my baby got used to it. He was like, mom's giving me books and she's just kind of napping the couch in the morning because I was just so tired. But I understand that of like feeling I couldn't sleep because I thought my baby was going to die or something was going to hurt him or I was going to hurt him. Like, I understand what it's like to not trust in yourself or trust your environment and trust people around you because they fucked you over. I get that. But Mm -hmm. one day you've got to trust the right people and take some risks. Oh yeah. You don't work out the way you expected. Once again, if you're moving, you're learning and you're moving forward, then it's a win. And that's why I think you and I have this really deep kind of connection, soul bond in that sense, because not everybody has lived that. And I can tell you right now, uh, unfortunately, you know, most people I grew up with in the small towns and, you know, foster care, they're not where I am. And that's not something I'm proud of. That's why I don't talk about it because people like, oh, well, you're a rare breed. And no, I'm like, no, stop fucking saying that because it's not true. Mm -hmm. All of these kids can make it if they have people that believe in them they have supports these kids can make it maybe not a hundred percent but not three percent like you think i think 60 70 percent okay like full stop you need to like you know we you have to um it's like righteous positive anger you have to say no we're gonna we're gonna make our our society better we're gonna make our community better and then actively do that through your own life people always think becoming a hero means you have to have fucking superpowers you know how you make the world a better place and slow down crime like you see in superhero comics you make your own fucking life heroic you become the hero of your own story and then everything else around you change like jordan peterson says right clean up your own home exactly i've been on a mission for five years clean up my own shit Yes, I love that. That's a, yes. yes. Amen. That's a yes. There you go. <laughs> I want so many sound effects right now. Where's my sound guy? Probably taking applications. Moderators, come on, come on, come on, Lee. Any one of those? Amen to that. I, yes, I, I totally agree, man. We need to. Yeah, we need to do it. It starts with us, and we can't keep blaming people for our mistakes. Blaming people for what shitty life we had because it really doesn't get us anywhere in life I had to learn how to forgive just recently and it was a hard pill to swallow but I noticed since I've done that I I was able to move on and I I'm comfortable where I am I'm not holding on to anything I'm not holding on to that pain I'm not holding on to that trauma anymore it's gone you know it's gone you know, a lot of women have, uh, there's new research on this. A lot of women have endocrinal issues and hold a lot of weight in their pelvic floor and bloat because of trauma. Mm-hmm. It's, not even, it's not even, so your body, if it's stuck in a traumatic PTSD state, um, mm-hmm. it holds on to weight because for example, I have perfect health on the inside besides the, the isthmus, um, that is born with, but it's actually really maintainable because I don't take vents every day or even emergency Ventolin. So that's pretty fucking good. It's only when yeah. I get a cold. Then I'm like, oh shit. Um, but um, what was I gonna say? <sighs> oh, it's gone. Damn it, my brain. But it's like, you know, you focus on your own health. You have to clean up your own life. And when you clean up your own life, things become better. And the trauma release happens slowly. So for me, I eat healthy, I work out, 
And the biggest thing is when I'm not, when not that trauma is bugging me, I don't sleep. If you don't sleep, once again, triggers cortisol, stress in women, holds weight. So you can be eating healthy. There's this misconception that if you're fat, you eat burgers, okay? Or you're fat because you're genetics. No, trauma, man, trauma. Yes. And uh, yes. like whatever makes you feel spiritual and releases, like for me, it's dance. Um, for working out, it really, we're working out for my mind and body, I'm not gonna lie, but from a spiritual heart perspective, um, dance, full on soul release. So it's like, you have to talk, like talking, I don't think makes it better for a lot of people. I think you need to find a way to release it. And I think if the, the best way for me, I would say people just lift some heavy shit or dance, but if, if people want to, like I said, feel a hundred percent better. And I feel like you should just try to feel like not in an unhealthy addict way, but try to feel good for like an hour. And then mm -hmm. you'll find that over time, your, your thoughts in your day are getting more positive. And then you do tomorrow again, or two days from that. And then all of a sudden your mood starts to change. Right. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Right. Then maybe I will, uh, you know, cook some dinner, clean the house or whatever. So you don't necessarily have to bring in all these professionals, just try to do what self-care, right? Like one healthy thing that helps you not feel like a bag of shit. Right. And then right. go from there and not feeling once again, bad about not about feeling like a bag of shit. Sometimes it doesn't mean you're an imposter. It doesn't mean you're not succeeding or that you're depressed. Trauma takes time to release, you know, and that's what I've learned. Not telling for anybody else, for me, this past five years, healing. Um, I used to have really bad flashbacks of my childhood when I was, my baby was first born, my firstborn, and it mm -hmm. would make me cry and fuck me up because uh, you don't remember it. It's really weird. It doesn't get triggered until you have kids. And then you're like, oh, through different developmental stages. And I would just be like rushed with intense anger, like super, I don't even have words for the amount of anger, like punching in the face, anger, crushing things, breaking things, anger. And, uh, I, I painted, I'm an artist, um, obviously, cause I have the apparel brand. Um, and I, you know, I painted through it. Oh First yeah. Time. I totally get that. So those I suffer, I suffer from anger issues too. Um, yeah. I used to, I used to be a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rip I, used your to, hair I, used, out. I used to be I used to be really mean I was very mean I was a very mean person but that like I said I was suffering from a lot of shit that was going through my life what I went through in school yeah. what I went through with you know it was hard and I didn't know how to maintain that anger so I would just lash out on people it wasn't ever good because yeah I, I hated myself for that. I was, that's not who I was, you know, and yeah. I had to learn how to deal with my anger issues. And to this day, I still have really bad anger issues. And like you said, I just take it one hour at a time, yep. you know, yep. I, I have to walk away the majority of the time or I have to get in my car and go for a drive. You know, when you're raised in a home like that, it's a different story when oh, you're around all the time. Yep. When you're also when you're around that kind of trauma all the time, it's yep. it's hard, and you pick it up as a as a child. You go into young adulthood, then you go into adulthood, and it's like it's if it doesn't go away, how does it? I don't know. I took anger. <laughs> I took anger management before, and honestly, you girl, I walked, out, I walked out of that course because yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't handle what they were telling me. I was like, <laughs> Man, oh. we're like twinning. I'm telling you, like that was me. <laughs> my but you know what I was going to say is like foster care uh, still is in certain ways, a lot like residential homes, uh, residential schools. Sorry. And it definitely was when I was a kid. Um, and when I, as a kid around, when I was a kid, like the people that my, so before I was in foster care, my mom used to like drop me off at different families. So I was around a lot of narcissistic assholes. So there was like a lot of neglect and anger from them, very strict, but no love. And it was very rigid, but also very religious. And despite all that, you know, I still have my faith, but because I don't believe that's an accurate representation of my faith. Um, those are just people using, you know, religion to be abusive. Um, but, uh, you know, I understand that with you, like I said, you're used to those toxic forms. So I was really passive aggressive. Right. And you mm -hmm. learn that because when you've been abused, you kind of shun in, um, and then it, you shut in so much that eventually explode. And so it's learning mm -hmm. to have healthy boundaries. And that's why I have none of the same people in my life now that I had five years ago. 
And they try to crawl up in your DMs, you know, like from time to time you're successful. And it's like, that used to tempt me, right? Because I just wanted love. I just wanted friends, just want hug. Or, you know, if I have a successful business or if I do this, people will love me. And now I'm like, I don't care, man. Like I have my kids. And even if I don't have my kids, that, that's something I had to face too, was like, I could not not be around my kids. Because the whole time I'd be worried if something was going to happen to them or if Cephas was going to call and take them away. Like yeah. legit, I had no faith in myself and in my parenting. Um, so, and just even as a spouse, I'm like, what if I start fighting with my spouse and then someone hears this and they call CFS? Like, I don't think anyone mm -hmm. knows how fucking scary that shit is. It's like very traumatizing. Um, so my point is, it's like, you have to step up at some point and create healthy boundaries and, and not be harding yourself for having angry outbursts. Like once again, it's a nerve thing. Like it's, it's a lot of, it's so psychologically ingrained that it's just catching yourself. We call them the five, three second pauses in counseling. So just being like, oh, so you driving is still better than you yelling at your spouse, right? So it's still a win, right? You're still dealing with it. Or throwing around my spouse. <laughs> no, hey, kidding. if that's what gets you pass <laughs> off. Like that, but that's like my favorite fucking turn on. This is why I because I know they can lift me, and I'm like, all you gotta do is throw a sister around, kiss, and spank on that ass, and it's done. You know, I don't need roses and flowers. Throw me around, dominate me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough ass. So when someone puts me on place, I'm like, hey. I always say guys like being thrown around. They like being manhandled. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> like I used to like, they like to be sit on and like kind of lightly smacked in the face and just kind of shooken and slight tickles. Not much. Cause then they get weird, you know, but, um, <laughs> not that, like okay, not that I thrown, not that I thrown a lot of men around because I didn't. I'm only talking about <laughs> watch out. We're gonna have an OnlyFans account. with guys coming in if you. <laughs> yes, I just want. Yes, I just want. I just want to clear that up. <laughs> just watch Stephanie. We should have talked about that. There's so many DMs. I was just being like two days. Well, people that actually know me would just laugh about that because they'd be like, yep, that's French. <laughs> like, honestly, though, I'm very like loving, but um, I don't let people mess with me or my kids. No, I'm no. Like if you come up at, to me about me and my kids, you better. I'm like, you realize I'm 300 pounds? Like, why? I'm <laughs> yeah. all, I'm 300 pounds. Why are you in my face? This is not going to end yeah. well for you, you know, yeah. but it's much more controlled because I would get so upset that I get so emotional saying, do something stupid, not with physical violence, but you know, I'd fuck up relationships. So for me, I'm way past that. I'm either silent, calm down, come back and reapproach. But my point is, is like the shame really was stopping my progress. So I feel like that's my message for your community today is like, don't be ashamed. You're not lesser than whatever you've been told or heard is all lies. It's all bullshit. You know, we're all equals as a human race. We're all equals. We all ha don't have an equal um, footing at the starting gate, but we all have the potential, you know? So right. that's right. what I'm trying to say. It's like a well inside your soul. You just got to kind of chisel like the hole deeper, you know, get closer to your spirit and who you are deep inside. Cause every, who we carry ourselves every day is like Jim Carrey says is an avatar, right? It's just a reflection of all the memories and trauma and shit that we've been through. That's why, if you were to make a clone, the clone is still not like that person because you can't replace the spirit, right? That makes you uniquely you, but you have to chisel down um, from the facade, the mask that you wear, right? I don't know any philosophers, I've heard them talk, so don't quote me on names, but you know, you gotta get back, you gotta get down deep, deep. And deep is, the more deep you go, the more intense it gets. That's why you're not supposed to go hardcore with like a chisel really fast, you know what I'm saying? Or drill mm -hmm. or something. I, I, I always tell people, you know, don't give up on yourself, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, if you have a dream and you want, you have the drive to do it, freaking do it, fucking do it, go for it, yes. go for it, and, and I, I'll support you, you know, like, because there's so many people that feel like they don't have support, and like, hello, I'm here, I'll support you, I'll encourage you every day, I'll check up on you, you know, but 
there's there there comes a time where you can keep pushing pushing person but they don't do nothing so there's there's different ways of putting that out there i it's a community but you still gotta keep you still have to make a step though nobody can carry like no carry someone for like four fields or acres or whatever mathematical measurements you know eventually you got to drop the soldier and eventually yes. he's either yeah. gonna die yeah. you're gonna save him but even if yeah. you're like in the hospital right like when you have a c-section like if you don't walk you're gonna get a blood clot and die wow like when yeah. i when i i had a tank of gas and i will never forget it i thought having a episiotomy is hard i had like a migraine that was it literally felt I'm not exaggerating because I have a really high pain tolerance. This is my kid, my, my firstborn, but I would, it was like someone's taking a hammer to my head every 30 seconds, cam, bam, every slightest noise was like, bam. I couldn't even have my eyes open. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't sit up. I had to lie completely down. I couldn't stand up. I had to crawl and just even sit on the toilet for more than a second. It was like, I'd throw up because the pain was just that intense. Um, and like, you know, I knew though, it's like, what do you, you're either going to die from a blood clot or you're going to have to walk through the pain. You know, it's going to get less over time, but you have to be willing to feel pain in the short term. That's what I'm trying to say. Make pain your friend. Like when you do deep tissue therapy with pokeballs, it hurts, man. I'm 300 pounds. I'm on a little ass pokeball that fits in your palm of your hand. That fucking hurts. Okay. That's a little ass ball on a big body. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> then it starts to release. So I'm always like, ugh, ooh. like it's a good thing I work out alone because my face is so unattractive. I'm like, ugh, you know, and then eventually I'm like, ah, yes. And then it gets weird probably because I'm just smiling like a weirdo, like a clown. Um, but that's how it is. Like pain is, life is never just um, always peaceful. There's always me ups and downs, but in those peaceful moments, you need to, a, a big thing I think for progress too, is constantly reflecting on how far you've come. Cause it's really easy to compare to someone who you think is more successful. You'd be like, well, fuck this then. But if you reflect on, well, it's true though, right? Like, well, fuck that. Leave this shit. Bounce. Fuck it. Just go home and eat some ice cream. I like ice cream. I actually, I actually, I actually had a moment like that today, but I can't talk about it right now. Oh, but I, oh. I, I had that. I had that moment today. Yeah, I, was, I was like, "Fuck that! I'm gone. Fuck this shit." Yeah. <laughs> fuck this noise. I know she had to go, but in conclusion, like for me, the last thing I want to say is, like I said, is um you know, own the pain, make it your friend, stop being afraid, stop trying to run away from it, make peace stop, with it. Stop crying, fuck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> stop whining. Oh my God, all the time my kid. I'm like, dude, stop whining. I'll help you. Just... <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Stop whining. He's like, ah! he's so loud the whole universe is looking at me like why are you neglecting your kid bro i'm like i'm not neglecting my kid he's just lying down whining for no apparent reason um but that's okay have your whiny ass moments but eventually get up you know that's what i'm saying just get up just keep fighting just get up another day and you will survive listen be the biggest cry baby when you're going to be a baby but just like eventually <laughs> stop being a man baby or a woman baby and you know but um yes. in closing, you know uh, what are some things, if you could give some top five tips or messages to Indigenous youth or women that, uh, like I said, are listening in that are inspired by you and want to become like you someday or train with you, you know, um, tips is from anything from like started working at a home, finding things in their community that they can do. Maybe they're going to be the only person in their little bedroom by themselves working out. What are some ways that someone who is impoverished or doesn't have anything really for supports or workout equipment could do to get started? Well, you know, we all have, milk, we all have milk jugs in our fridges. <laughs> fill, those, fill those up with water, start squatting them. <laughs> those big ass jugs of water, like those big ass jugs you buy from a store you don't talk about those. I don't even know how much they weigh when they're full of water. Probably pretty heavy though. Probably like 40 yeah. pounds. Yeah, and if you don't have weights, then you can use a can of soup. You know, you don't you don't necessarily need big heavy weights to get muscle. <laughs> you don't. You know what's so funny? When I was in foster care, that's actually how I started working out when I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I wasn't allowed to 
could go anywhere. Like I said, it was like jail. And so I would like go in the cupboards when they weren't paying attention to me and work out in the basement. And they used to make fun of me because I took like this stage tape and made a little track in the basement, but it was a really fucking tiny track. So it was really skinny. It was like the width of my feet. And then it wasn't long because it was a little ass basement the size of a living room. And they'd laugh at me to come down. These foster care workers used to come down and laugh at me because I'd be running in a circle like a fucking hamster really fast. Who's laughing now, bitch? Who's laughing now? So my point is, is it works. <laughs> Just use what, for me, I would say use what you have, you know, our, explore your mind, you know, it's, it, possibilities are endless. If you have a table, well, you could do a push-up on your table. You have a floor, you could do a push-up on a floor, you know, and um, my DM is always open, you know, if you need help, I'll, like I said, I'll encourage you, I'll help you wherever you need, I'll give you some tips I'll um but just don't ever give up on yourself you know you're so <laughs> worth it we are so worth it as indigenous yes. we are so worth it indigenous <clears throat> women are the strongest women I know and we are yep. so worth it and we are capable of doing anything we put our mind to we really are and we need more support than you'll ever know you know and I'm one of those women who will stop in my tracks to support you. I will. And yes. I'm here for you. Even though I might not know you, I'm here for you and I'll pray for you. And, you know, mental illness is hard. Postpartum depression is hard. Life is fucking hard, you yeah, know? But there is people out there who will support you. There is people out there that will encourage you. And, you know, if you need some love, then we'll share some love too. <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? And if you want me to sing you a song, um, <laughs> maybe I will too. <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty good at calling in the coyotes and the dogs, so I don't think oh! you. Need to... <laughs> I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. Oh, uh, well, I want to say is that. Um, we all listen in and me and Ange are planning some amazing shit. We're not going to tell you because we're in, in the works, but I'm putting this out there to the universe. Um, I really, really want to sponsor an indigenous team. So please start lifting. And mm -hmm. even if you don't compete, I'm, I'm looking, take me and post Pan strong podcast. I'm looking out for you. Check out our playlist. Um, on Spotify, there's Panda Strong Cardio and Panda Strong Strength. There's lots of hip hop and Cardi B. <laughs> so black oh. hit. There's a good mix near. Um, and uh, you know, like Ange said, like reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook. Like I do care. Uh, it's we're not a we're not a podcast designed just to help the super big pros. We want to help the people who don't have a lot of help. Um, who want to be seen and need that support. That is what we're here for. Um, yes. Like I said, if you sign up with any of our elite athletes who own gyms or do personal training, we'll give you a $20 Panda Strong gift card. Um, you could join our Bound Ambassador program, get a discount on your merch as well. But, you know, we want you to go from being um, a brand ambassador to an elite athlete. Like we want to support people who are giving it their damnedest um, and are changing their communities. That's the most important thing is who you are. And what is your story? And we want to hear it. We want to share it. So if you have strength testimonies or you want to let us know how Ange has supported you or inspired you or anyone else in our show or even just the show itself, please, like I said, like, share, comment on those posts. We will see it. If you want to donate to the show to help me continue sharing athlete stories, sponsors, sponsoring athletes, you can purchase merch, but you can also, there's a, a button on our store called uh, Donate. It's a little, you can buy me a coffee, which I need because I'm a mom and I get no sleep. I had four coffees today. Okay. So that <laughs> helps me um, stay alive and be able to do the show at nine o'clock at night when my kids go to bed and are finished, you know, beating me for the day. Um, just kidding. But, uh, you know, Ange is an incredible person. And like I said, her line, just deadly. Um, and how do I say the, the, the mask? Well, how do I say that in Cree? How do I say that correctly? I don't even know. I can't tell you. Oh, okay, so if I say this wrong, please don't yell at me because I don't know. She don't even know, so you can't touch me the way. You might know. You might say it wrong too because it's a hard freaking Cree word. Oh. Like honestly, like it's you like tongue tied with that word. 
you should have seen me try not to spell it wrong in the merch. I had to like triple check it with my eyeballs like three times. I'm like, that would make make me an asshole. If somebody pulls out a set, they're like, that's not how you spell it. Korean, I'm like, oh, you know. I'm sorry, all my Cree people. I know I should know Cree. <laughs> I know it's Maskawa. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm getting over like a fourth cold in four months. And so my, my lungs are like, ah. Oh, needed to canoe. I don't know. I'm going to trust it. That was a fail. Beep. There's a fail ball right there. Explosions everywhere. Check it out. Like I said, <coughs> Angie and I are talking about doing some fundraisers for the community. What I really like to see, honestly, Ange, from the bottom of my heart and soul, and I really truly mean it because barbells, I started lifting weight barbells in 13 when I was a foster care. It changed my life. Started going to a gym. And back then you couldn't even be in the gym as a teenager without supervision. I like got an exception. I took all their classes to prove them. I wasn't going to be weird and break their weights. And, um, I volunteered with the YMCA started working there. And that's how I kind of got an in. Um, otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't have been in there, but I wasn't lifting heavy weights because you, you weren't allowed. If you weren't a dude, they're like, it's fuck out of the barbell room. But, um, you know, I really want to see equipment in your community competitions, a gym, um, if you could do some classes, I would absolutely love to do some like live stream classes or get <coughs> get some weight equipment out to some youth who want to train. And then maybe you do some online classes and teach them. We do some classes. I don't know. But my point is me and Angie are listening. Please tell us what we can do to improve the community and help. And we're, you know, we can't guarantee you things, but we're always open to ideas and, you know, obviously want to make a difference for sure. So thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> through my coughs. Thank you for listening, you guys, through my coughs. And, uh, and uh, like I said, I really appreciate all the listeners and I really appreciate you, Ange, because um, I feel very blessed to know you. You're very inspiring to me and, and motivating, um, as another sister, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel about it, you know, different place. Right. But it doesn't matter. You know, right. We're, uh, soul sisters, the strong women, I want to say strength sisters. We'll just say strength sisters. A hoe, a hoe to that. <laughs> <laughs> you calling me a hoe? I ain't no hoe. A hoe has a mood in free.